It's time for The Rush with OU color analyst Teddy Lehman and Tyler McComas. Got a question or opinion? Hit the guys up at 405-651-3439 or call the Riverwind Casino call-in line at 405-329-9000. Live from the Buffalo Wild Wings studios, it's The Rush with Teddy Lehman and Tyler McComas. Well, hell, I'm not sure what the debate is. No debate here, Coach. Appreciate you stopping by the show for a quick minute. Uh, off we go, Tyler. How about this? Couple of commitments. Have people calmed down yeah. yet, or is this just stoked the fire on um, all the recruiting stuff. Well, how come we haven't gotten more than just uh, two commitments? Yeah, I think uh, for the most part, everyone uh, loved to see that yesterday, but we opened up locked in yesterday, yeah. and there was some, uh, well, I mean, he's going to go play baseball, and well, he's a three-star wide receiver. It's three-star you. I think that's a very small minority of uh, how people feel about yesterday. It was two commits within like 90 seconds time, which was kind of funny. Um. Yeah, I, Ezukama has an older brother who's in the NFL. That's pretty good pedigree right there. And you get a four-star yeah. backer that if he's not going to be a football player here, he's going to be a baseball player here. Like, one of those two is going to work out for James Nesta. Maybe both of them work out for James Nesta. I guess we'll yeah. see. But I'm pretty confident at least one of those is going to work out. So I'm only looking at this as – and I don't look at either of these two guys and say – these are going to be one of your five best prospects in this class? No. But you needed to add a linebacker to this class. You got a good one. And you're filling out your wide receiver class. And Emmett Jones felt confident enough to give uh, Dozy Ezukama an offer. So if that's the case, I'm I'm cool with it, man. And, 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 and there could still be a world where OU gets another high-profile wide receiver in this class before it's all said and done. So I, it's all good here, man. You know, it's interesting. I, the whole evaluation process mm-hmm. is, we know there's no, no exact science to it, frankly, at any level, right? There's, there's guys that get evaluated with high marks going to the NFL, drafted incredibly high and for one reason or another. It just doesn't work out in the NFL, there's guys that barely make it into the league as unref- uh, undrafted free agents or extremely late picks and have incredible careers. And it's the same thing in college. You know, you got high school kids, thousands of them all across the country being um, evaluated, ranked and rated and recruited by you know, all kinds, all different levels of, of, of colleges out there. And Emmett Jones coached the kid's brother, who is a hell of a receiver at Texas Tech. He's now in the National Football League. Nice. Got good size. He's got good I'd take athleticism. I think him on this team right now. I'll tell you that much. I'd he's take got Eric, good, yeah. Zucama any day. He's got good pedigree. I'll take... Emmett Jones' evaluation of the Ezekama kid over anyone else's. 
And I don't care if he's rated two-star, three-star. It doesn't matter to me. He's got the size. He's got the athleticism. He's got the pedigree. And the wide receiver coach at Oklahoma who uh, is doing a really good job in recruiting right now signs off on him to come play here. That's all I need. I, yeah. Uh, I, so to discredit him by, you know, saying three-star you, you, you I <laughs> – I mean, it's frustrating to me because do you know, I if people like peeled back the curtain and actually saw what all went into giving him a three star, they'd be massively disappointed. Somebody somewhere probably watched him in a camp a year ago and said, ah, three star. And that's where it kind of sits. You know, yeah. there's so many players out there. No one's there piling that, over hours of film or anything like that, sure. Exactly, yeah. exactly. So I'm taking him at Jones' uh, evaluation of the kid. Uh, okay, let's see. Let me get to a few texts we'll move on here. Teddy knows our fan base better to, than to think that they would ever calm down. That's from the 580. Uh, 405, point. we desperately needed someone to land at linebacker. Nesta is a good upside pick like that eval. Ezukama is a jag. If he were an only child, he'd be going to SMU. So, hmm. yeah. Uh, 405, one more. Having an NFL brother means nothing. Michael Jordan has a brother that can't dribble a basketball. Michael Jordan makes mean, your... Uh... I, it, it does not mean nothing. That is, that is 100% not true. It doesn't mean everything. But it doesn't mean nothing. If your genetics in your family, in your pedigree, is good enough that uh, a brother of yours made it to the absolute pinnacle of the sport, then, yeah, that means something. To say it means nothing is incorrect. But I'll also say it doesn't mean everything. Well, obviously, it doesn't mean everything. So, I mean, there's somewhere in between. I, I don't. If he was a three-star that that didn't have a brother that's in the NFL, I would still feel the same about Emmett Jones' evaluation. Emmett Jones is has been in on four-star wideouts, five-star wideouts. It was thought for a while that we led on the, the kid that ended up going to Clemson. I, he's in on a bunch of players across the country. I, to me, there's a reason that he made this offer and is uh, recruiting this kid. I could be wrong. Maybe it is a conspiracy theory and Emmett Jones is out to recruit inferior wideouts to the university or just do it as a favor because he knew his older brother. Could be a plant. Uh, 405 CD was wide receiver 31 in his class, but was a day one contributor at OU. He was barely top 250. Yeah, I, I mean, again, these guys are going to progress throughout their career as well. So three-star, right. four-star, whatever. Jamie in Whitehouse, he had offers from Oregon and other schools as well. That's correct, Jamie. Arkansas, Miami, Oregon, TCU, Texas A&M, amongst some others. I don't know if that's going to make anybody feel better about it, but there's kind of some of the more high-profile offers that he got. So, yeah, I mean, that's that's the thing to me, man, is we've been waiting so long for commits uh, number seven in this class, and – commit seven and eight and happen and there's a real 
um, negative feel on things. I don't think, um, and I'm not saying that this is right, I think collectively everyone's going to calm down once they get the first big-time uh, big defensive lineman in this class, which I think is going to happen. I just don't know if the timeline's going to be in like uh, one, two, or three weeks like that soon. Well, I mean, here's really what it boils down to. Mm-hmm. Um, when you go six and seven, your fan base is going to second-guess everything, is going to question everything, is going to look at every recruitment, every signing, every offer, uh, every play call with a more critical eye. So, oh, you know, sure. s- sometimes I get frustrated with it, and I've got to remind myself, hey, we've earned this, you know. When you go six and seven, you've earned this. And – until you start having some recruits that are are making a difference and are out there making plays on the field, have a high number of uh, productive plays, and you start winning games at a, a better clip, then this is this is honestly what it's going to be. So frankly, pour it on, baby. We've earned it. <laughs> There's just so much. Uh, shenanigans going on in the text line. 469, I guess we should start recruiting the recruits that have brothers on the chess team then. Pedigree matters. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, come on. Oh, I, listen, I, I love it. I it, love it. It doesn't mean everything, and I don't know that, like, the texters says it means nothing. I don't even think that the texter believes that it means nothing. No, Just trying to make some... the point that it's, you know, you got to go off more than just that he has a family member in the league, and that's true, and I think they are going off of more than that. Uh, one week ago today, man, first off, one week ago today, Britt Vittables uh, blessed us with that uh, opening sound clip yeah. you heard to start the show today, and also one week ago today, the SEC schedule for 2024 was announced. And i got to say, um, I'm as excited now about it as I was in real time when it was announced. It was, uh, it's still fantastic and still exciting. And I am choosing, like, unlike some, I am uh, not choosing. I- I'm, I'm not afraid of the 2024 schedule. I am embracing it hmm. and all the excitement that comes along with it. I think it's going to be awesome. Really? Not scared yeah. here. Not scared um, at the moment. If we keep signing uh, three-star wide receivers, three-star you, I'll start to get worried about that schedule. <laughs> it's on you, Emmett Jones. It's all on you. Did you guys run down yeah. on Thursday the uh, o- OU's records um, against those SEC teams historically? I know it doesn't necessarily um, matter. I still think it's interesting nonetheless. I'll, I'll, I'll run them down here just in case you didn't. Um, Alabama. Yeah. OU Alabama all time is three two and one. OU leads that series. Of course, the last meeting was um, when Kyler got thrown like a rag doll. OU's like second or third offensive play of the game. South Carolina, mm-hmm. it will be the first meeting ever between the two teams. Um, Tennessee OU leads that one three to one. Most recent meeting is 2015 in Knoxville. Unbelievable game. Um, Auburn, OU leads that one two to nothing all time. Last meeting was Bob Stoops' last game. Well, I shouldn't say last game anymore, but uh, the Sugar Bowl when Samaj P. Ryan broke the rushing record. Um, at LSU, LSU is two and one all time against OU. 
Uh, OU leads Missouri 67 24 and 5. Not a rivalry. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ole Miss leads you 1 0, and that's it for 24. So only Ole Miss and LSU have winning records against you in that 2024 SEC schedule. Yeah. Never played South Carolina. Mm-hmm. And that's the interesting. Never played South Carolina. Never been to Ole Miss. Never been to LSU. Never been to Auburn. So. Pretty cool. Yeah, I mean that, and, of, and that's what makes freshness. it so unique. Is yeah, I mean it. You know, OU's been. I mean, they've been known since really Joe Castiglione got here to play some big time home and home matchups. And the fact that you have three conference games that you've never played a game at with everywhere else that OU has played at historically is wild, dude. That they, they, they have yeah. three matchups where they've never played before. That's that's crazy. Well, and it's going to be the same next year. Um, now, it's not never, but for Arkansas, the last time they were here was 1926, and the last time we were there was 1919. Been nearly 100 years, so you can basically say never. Um, Florida, mm-hmm. they've never been here. We've never been there. Georgia, they've never been here. We've never been there. Uh, Kentucky, it's been 40 years. So Mississippi State, they've never been here. We've never been there. We've never played each Thank other. God. So, yeah, there's – there's um, Vandy, I guess, uh, they were here in 77 and we were there in 76. And I think we also played in a bowl game, I believe. So – or maybe we just played somewhere previous to that. but So there's a lot of nevers, and it's been a long time. Mark and Newcastle, any update on lining up the two non-con games for 2024? We talked about that in the final hour yesterday, and OU football put out a graphic yesterday about the 2023 and 2024 buy-your-season tickets now, and there was a TBD on the home side, and there was a to-be-announced below the road side. Yeah. So maybe we were looking too far into that but it almost read it did read one of those two is going to be at home and the other is going to be on the road or on a neutral site or at a neutral site game but no 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 yeah. no update or really no scuttlebutt on who the two opponents will be as of right now yeah um the way it's worded though i i gather from that if you put that on the same release to be determined on one and to be announced on the other, I, in my opinion, I, it's already been booked. I, we just haven't, just hasn't been spoken about yet, right? Like, that's not reading too much into it. That's how it's. Yeah. I, I would. Yeah, I would it's, maybe, no, it's, it's how it's worded. Yeah, sure. Like, if one of, if it didn't say to be determined, and like we just had one vacant spot and it said to be announced, like I wouldn't even think about it. But whenever you have one that says to be determined and one to be announced, then that's telling you something for sure. Yeah. Um, I wouldn't expect it to be a uh, powerhouse in the non-con with the 2024 SEC schedule that you have, but there's, there's just not, there's not very many options out there, apparently, especially when you're trying to fill two spots. So I would, I would guess that we would hear at least one of them, that one that we just mentioned in the, like, the next two weeks, right? Surely? I mean, I don't know what the holdup would be if you've already had it decided. I have no idea. 
the the politics involved in all of that i i just i have no clue maybe there's still maybe there's still some arrangements that like maybe okaying some date switches on some other schedules for the opponent and they've got to get everyone to sign off and okay it but uh maybe it's a a dollar figure amount that they're you know just hashing out all of the details i don't know how what all goes into all of that stuff but i would think that if you've got an agreement in principle that an announcement would be coming shortly after and shortly is it's all relative right i mean Two months from now is shortly compared to announcing it, you know, next year. But I, I, I time frame, I just wouldn't have a clue. I don't even um, know it, how to guess at it. Is it fair to say that you're more worried about the missing sub than you are the uh, the two non-conference games in 2024? Is that a fair uh, assessment? Yeah. I okay. I am so I fascinated by that entire story. And the amount of storylines that are coming out of it about about the the whole business, about the people involved and what their children may or may not be doing while the search goes on. It's crazy. Yeah. One I guy's just saw out there few... retweeting stuff like he's James Hale or something, acting like that on Twitter. It's it's wild what's <laughs> happening right now. <laughs> it's crazy. I saw right before I walked in here to do the show, I saw uh, a, a tweet from a, I think it was a something in the UK, that there's going to be a documentary on it that airs, uh, like, Thursday. Like, before they're even <laughs> supposedly out of air, there's going to be a uh, documentary about the, like, they already gave up on them. It's wild. Nice. Eh, great. Hey, by the way, I'm at Sooner Station right here in Norman. One bedroom, two bedroom floor plans. I mean, that's not it. They got a lot of different one bedroom and two bedroom floor plans. Check them out, SoonerStation.com. The pool is open. Spirited senior living community right here in Norman. Where are you at today? You at Westwood? Yep, hanging out at Westwood. Got a perfect view of the course, hanging out inside the turn grill. Uh, got some guys out there figuring out the swing on the range. A couple of guys on the practice greens, chipping greens. Course is in immaculate condition. Um, it's a fun course if you ever played out here. Really, really fun. It's awesome. We've also got the swimming pool packed. Uh, made a bunch of uh, updates to that a couple of years ago. They're they're at full force right now. Uh, tons of stuff for the little kiddos, plus big slides, big high dives for the older kids. Uh, they've got packages and stuff that you can get there. Come see us here at Westwood. We'll be back. This is your home for Sooner fans. The Ref Sports Radio Network. It is the rush on the ref. Tyler McComas, Teddy Lemon. I'm at Sooner Station here in Norman, SoonerStation.com. Teddy is at Westwood Golf in Norman as well. So earlier on the station today, Mike Steely ranked where he thinks OU's like atmosphere on game day is immediately going to rank in the SEC. We did something similar to that yesterday. And he's kind of got OU in the middle of the pack. He's got him behind A&M and Ole Miss in terms of, um, you know, atmosphere going into the SEC, which we can debate later on. But one of the points that he made about OU's atmosphere, and something that we've mentioned quite a bit, the text line mentions quite a bit, is 
the lack of a big-time student section or a loud and engaged student section. That's pretty popular, right? So I thought mm-hmm. this segment, since Pierce is with us, um, he is a student at OU and, and does a, a lot of media stuff over there. I, um, I Pierce, I'm not saying that you have to stick up for the students. I'm not even saying that you have to go after the students. I guess just from a student perspective, is the hate the student section gets fair? Is it unfair? Like, I guess, how do you feel about it? How do your uh, how do the people you go to school with feel about it? Like, from the student side, how do how do people out there take that? Well, I feel like it's hard to kind of put a blanket statement of the student section either sucks or doesn't over over the entire season because I think it kind of fluctuates. There have been times where I've gone to games uh, against Iowa State during the day at 11 in the morning, and the atmosphere is just so bad. I mean, it's terrible. The students don't want to be there. It's Certain games are treated like a social event, just looking for a reason to drink on a Saturday. Um, but then certain times there will be some atmospheres that are really, really exciting. Bedlam, for example, was electric. I feel like everyone was really into the game there. Um, and so it's kind of it's less of um, always a problem, but I definitely think there is an issue with consistency throughout even the not as exciting games, I guess if you could say, because there is a, a showing up for those you know day games against teams that people don't really care too much about. Th- those are the games that I feel like the student section really struggles, and I think that's where a lot of the bad rap come from. I, what do you think, Teddy? Well. I think that our student section has um, not been great, not been good. I shouldn't have said great. Student section has not been good. I think the overall, but that's not to say that everyone is just fantastic in stadium if we could just get that student section to come along. Not the case. I think the student section is about on par with, everything else but i'm giving a pass because let's be honest a lot of the games have sucked and the kickoff times have been an absolute disaster it's it's not easy to get a student section to come in and act like psychopaths whenever you're playing a non-top 25 team most likely a team that's nowhere close to the top 25 at 11 a.m. and you're a 20-point favorite. It's just, it's not going to happen. I mean, that's that's just the nature of, of how things are. If you want people going crazy and, you know, dying to get in and dying to be there, it has to be an event that you don't know what's going to happen. Sure. Whenever you're, you're ranked at, uh, close to one another, maybe – Point spread is a, a point and a half difference. Heck, maybe you're a dog to someone at home. Like that's whenever people show up because they want to go to something where they don't know the outcome. That's just how it is. So I give everyone a pass. I just hope that it gets way better quickly. Uh, from the four hundred five, our student section sucks. They leave at halftime. <laughs> Greg from Lawton says, "Tell uh, Pierce, logic and common sense will not be tolerated here." 405 mm-hmm. in all caps. I think the student section sucks and needs to be fired. That old line. <laughs> no, I, I, I think um, I think what Pierce said is is very fair, and and I think that you kind of built on that as well. Is 
Well, the student section isn't like they haven't been. They haven't been good. Yeah, they're not. I the think sole you guys are being really why. generous with that. I think the student section has been terrible. You guys are being really okay. generous about it. It sucks, uh, that, and that's fine. But I think the, the the point is is that what what other parts of the stadium have been awesome, whereas the student section, as you said, have been terrible. You, you know, I, it, yeah, it's that's fair. Kind of an and and it really boils down to I think what everybody agrees on: the kickoff times and the teams and the opponents have sucked recently. So whatever the best of Owen Field can be, I don't Teddy. I don't. I just don't think that we've seen that yet, and that's why I think it's very tough to evaluate what OU is going to be atmosphere-wise immediately in the SEC because, dude, we haven't seen the best of what OU has to offer in, like, several years now. Right. But there's a there's a common denominator on mm-hmm. all of those bests that we're talking about. It's top ten teams um, closely ranked with OU where the outcome is unknown. And most of them yeah. are night games, right? That's that's whenever we've seen Oklahoma fans at their best, and I expect it to pick up right where it left off whenever we start playing those type of games again. Uh, Marietta Sooner says maybe they should move the student section up to the east side upper deck. Yeah, Pierce, that's a terrible idea. If you want more, mm. it, give the students worse seats. That that's not a good idea to get them even more engaged. Well, that was recently one of the problems. My older brother went here uh, before me, and that my first year here, uh, that COVID year, they actually moved the student section further away from, like they put them further into the corner. So it's been better these past few years now that they moved it back, but. That first year, I mean, ooh, it was bad because they gave them slightly worse seats. So if you move them in the upper deck, there might not be a student section anymore. Yeah. yeah. Um, I know, That's like, true. Alabama, like, you, you mentioned that the unknown of, of the outcome, you know, not, not feeling like yeah. you're playing a, a bad team and you're just going to win every single week. What am I really missing here? It's a little bit different for Alabama recently because they have played at least an SEC home schedule. But I've heard multiple times Saban rip his own student section for leaving early. And that's more of a spoiled, entitled um, kind of attitude that I think Bama students have. But I think they've even gone through that where unless it was LSU at night or a big-time home game that they weren't showing up early and leaving late. So. I, I, it, it's, what, it's just didn't not an he issue say like they should go through there and check to see who wasn't in their seat in the second Something half like and not let them get tickets anymore? <laughs> Something like that, yeah. Well, here's yeah. the thing, man. Uh, the student section, it, you know, especially in a night game, if they sense that the game is in hand, they're going to go find a party on a Saturday night and – there's not a whole lot you can do about that. They're going to stay if the game continues to be in question. You got a late finish, and and you know it's going to be tight all the way. They're not going to leave. I mean, that's got to be. There's got to be something compelling going on out there on the field in order to get people to to stay and watch. That's just the reality. Dan in Madison, Mississippi. I can attest, Ole Miss fans suck. The Grove is great, but the in-game atmosphere sucks. Student section clears out by half, and heaven forbid it's homecoming. Uh, 405, it's like Teddy says, who wants to watch a crappy game in 100-degree heat? 
How about the people that show up but sit down and act like it's a movie theater? Movie theater. Give us a good product, yeah. and it will get crazy. One more from the 405. You know, what, okay. I, what I have learned since the SEC announcement. OU has great coaching, great athletic department slash leadership, great facilities, below average fan base slash consumer. That's what they've learned. Not true. Mm-hmm. Not true. I, I th- we've had a... We've had a below-average in-stadium experience for everyone only because we've had below-average teams coming in. I mean, that's not exciting uh, schedule. That's it. I'm Like I said, I'm giving everyone a pass. Uh, I will say one more comment, though, about Ole Miss, everyone leaving at halftime. You know, part of the problem, like, you don't want your tailgate scene to be too good because – Everyone's going to go to the game for like an hour and a half and be like, let's go watch it in the tent with the champagne fountain. What are we doing in here? Let's go back out and tailgate some more. So you got there's a fine so don't line make, there. So don't make OU uh, tailgating uh, big time again? Just keep it average so no, everyone will stay in the stadium? Make it – well, I guess what you do is make it really good, but I don't know, have a shortage of – porta potties or something out there there's got to be a reason that people aren't just dying to get back out there once they've gone to the game fair point uh appreciate that pierce sooner station is where i'm at uh 405-454-8629 you can uh, call them for more information on their one bedroom and two bedroom floor plans again that's 405-454-8629 sooner station in norman uh who's who's all out there on the driving range trying to get the swing right um actually it looks like everyone's made their way to the putting green now or the guys that were on the driving range have teed off so everyone's working on the short game right now must be some money bets coming up later in the afternoon big time golf going on out here at westwood all right let's hit a quick timeout more from the rush coming up the ref radio sports (laughs) network is powered statewide by the insurance adjusters at brown o'haver Fire, wind, theft, or tornado, we can help. Call 405-735-5510. It is the rush on the ref. 73 days until kickoff in Norman. Tyler McComas, Teddy Lemon. Teddy is at Westwood Golf in Norman. I'm at Sooner Station in Norman. Let me roll through a few text on that last segment before we move on here. John from Tulsa says, I promise you, OU is not the only school that struggles with student attendance when you're playing subpar schools like KU and Iowa State. Uh, Chris mm-hmm. Rich says, if we aren't having puking, puking rallies in the second quarter due to going hard <laughs> in the tens before game time, I don't want it. Captain Willard says, "Just serve nothing but Bud Lights, and you'll have to uh, you'll dampen the tailgate, uh, tailgate scene in a hurry." Um, let me read one more from Greg from Lawton. He says, "How's this idea? Let students in for free. You have to apply for the list. If you leave early, you get taken off the list for the next game. You don't stand and cheer off the list for the next game. Make the student section have a value." If you are one or one of the best fans, you get triple entries into kicking for chicken. And that's how Greg spelled it, the way that I just said it. Nice job, Greg. Bonus points there. How about that? Mm-hmm. Um, interesting. I guess you're going to have to have hall monitors for the student section to make sure that everyone is uh, yeah, acting accordingly. Boy, 
that'd be a highly sought after job, would it not? To be the yeah. uh, the uh, student section Karen that runs up and down and writes everyone's name on the list. Mm. Oh, they've already got people there that are perfect for that job. It's the parking attendants there on, <laughs> on the university. Uh, that's true. That's true. They yeah. can uh, same thing. Or 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 the uh, the the poor people that had to be the mask patrol for the uh, games mm. in 2020. Like, hey, come on, put your mask back up. Let's go. Come on. That that couldn't have been a fun oh. job. Trying to what police a that wrenching job. Yeah, I I I think that. I think the the student section problem will be solved with um, better opponents coming through. Could be wrong about that. Maybe I'm wrong, but that's my hunch. It's it's going to get much better really quickly as soon as the schedule gets better. As uh, as soon as we we start seeing top ten teams come through, playing at night, uh, you know the atmosphere in there I think is going to be really good. They got good people in charge of it up there at, at the university right now, willing to give everyone some time to get it right. Uh, and I know that this year is <laughs> this year is not the schedule to get your in-stadium atmosphere really dialed in before you play in the SEC. No. It's, it's going to be more bad 11 Bad kick-all times kicks. and bad teams. Yeah, the, the bad, right. bad duo there. Right, you want to you want to suck the life out of any crowd? Play a uh, non top twenty five team at eleven a.m. in the heat. You know, whenever you're a you know two two or even more touchdown favorite, not going to get a wild atmosphere. The problem it's just is the nature of how things are. The problem is not all eleven a.m. kickoffs are created equal in Norman, Oklahoma. Mm. The first 11 a.m. game is going to feel a little bit different than the last 11 a.m. game. The first 11 a.m. game on September 2nd, it's going to be on the surface of the sun, essentially. Um, The last 11 a.m. game, the day after Thanksgiving, who knows what kickoff temperature for that one's going to be. I mean, maybe it'd be one of those days where even at 2.30 in the afternoon it would still be really cold, but... You kind of get what I'm saying there is there's not a whole lot of in-between with these 11 a.m. kicks for, unfortunately. It's going to be brutal one way or the yeah. other. 11 a.m. is just not – it's just not a good time for a football game. It's not really even fun to watch it at your house at 11 a.m., you know? Yeah. Yeah. Everyone's but still kind of in morning mode. and But noon central, yeah. I mean, if you live in this time zone, you're so used to that with the NFL that I feel like moving it back just one hour would make a world of difference. Just noon That's just sounds hour. better than 11 a.m., 11 a.m., just saying that's rough. Right. Yeah. It, it, I mean, I know they've got to do it to get all the windows in and uh, the TV windows. That's how it works, but it's just – I, I don't know. Can you think of an 11 a.m. game that you've been to that was uh, – because I, I know they've, they've happened. It's just rare. Like a big-time atmosphere for an 11 a.m. The OU Nebraska game OU Nebraska 2000, 2000. was – yeah. it was 11 yeah. a.m.? Yeah, okay. it was 11. And then the next year – and the only reason I remember this is because – I don't know if Corso loved the troll OU fans or what, but remember that – that long string of uh, games where he kept picking against OU, and he was always wrong. Yeah. I remember that 0-1 Kansas State game. They were seated, 
because remember, like the end zones, like the corner of the end zones were open in 01 in the south mm-hmm. end zone. I think they were in the southeast corner. Game day was set up live there. And I remember him putting on the Willie the Wildcat, um, you know, a helmet gear or whatever you call it, a mascot head. And then they kicked right. off right after. And that was a pretty good atmosphere then. But, I mean, it goes, yeah, th- those cool. were big time opponents, right? Those were big time opponents. Top 10 matchups. Yeah. Um, yeah. It happens, you know. The one of the best atmospheres I've ever seen for any game was the 2021 OU Texas game, and that was an 11 a.m. kickoff, right? And that game was insane. That's the that's the craziest four hours or however long that game was that I've seen, start to finish. Yeah, just insanity. Um, real quick, because I I got this earlier today, uh, doing the the latest episode of Diamond Envy. So I know that 20% of our audience right now is, I don't care about Jordy Ball. I don't want to hear about her. Um, apparently, this move is so big for Nebraska that they are exploring adding uh, seats on the third baseline and outfield seats as well. Jordy Ball has meant so much to the Nebraska right. softball program that they uh, she is forcing stadium renovation, adding seats to the stadium. Jeez. That's pretty Na- cool. Maybe the last time that's happened in collegiate athletics. <laughs> Uh, I don't uh, probably seats never for one player. Yeah, probably never. Um, but that's cool. You know, that's their setup makes it easy. If you don't have uh, outfield seats, you can add that pretty easily. You know, I mean, relatively cheap, I guess, uh, for putting more of those in. That's going to be cool. I'm, you know, I'm just, I'm anxious to see how it all goes and. I know she won't have a problem living up to how good she is. Hopefully she gets some help and turns that, that place into a good program. By the way, some scuttlebutt for you um, in Ooh, that interview. Okay. Now, I can't confirm this, okay? This is just from this Nebraska side, this Nebraska softball reporter. She kind of let on that she thinks the Mary Nutter Classic next year out in California that OU always plays in, she, um, boy, she was really under the impression that she thinks OU in Nebraska are going to play out there early in the season next year. I don't know that. I'm just relaying what she said to me. So how amazing would that so, be if the win streak was still intact? So now she's scheduling games for him too? How about so. that? Uh, it's almost as if this I whole thing so. was scripted or something, you know? Um, that's awesome. I, I would prefer to see that here Norman. You know, maybe that's just me. Um Maybe I'm asking for too much, but to see it at all would be really cool. I'd rather see it here in Norman. I'd rather see it at the uh, the World Series as well. That would be awesome. Yeah, that'd be awesome. Sooner Station will have it on, I'm sure. they got a lot of softball fans out here. Oh, yeah. Soonerstation.com, the pool is open because it's summertime. Spirited Senior Living Community, Soonerstation.com. Go check them out. This is the Ref Sports Radio Network. It is the rush on the ref, Tyler McComas, Teddy Lehman. For all you uh, OU football recruiting fans out there, I will pass this along. Looks like in the past about, I don't know, 10 minutes or so, 5, 10 minutes, there's been a couple of more, uh, there's been a couple more Taylor Tatum, four-star running back predictions to OU. Um, so, interesting. Taylor Who's Tatum, four-star running back. 
This one is from Sam Spiegelman, National Recruiting Analyst, is uh, who logged this one for Taylor Tatum to OU on three. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Well, um, does feel that way. There's been a couple uh, looky here's from uh, Skip Johnson, right? Yeah, he is. Uh, he definitely helped out with James Nesta, who committed yesterday, and yeah, he's a big part of the Taylor Tatum recruitment as well. He's a really good baseball player too. Little factoid: I talked to Skip Johnson today about really? uh, yeah about those kids. How about that, huh? What would he say? Pretty interesting. Leave us hanging. He said some good stuff. Um, he said he Such thinks as? the Nesta kids going to commit, and uh, you know that we know that <laughs> happened last night. Uh, I don't know. I it should probably why are you just leave it back? at that. Why well, are you? Why are you I holding know, back? Because I'm not. I'm not trying to get into the uh, into the game of trying to. I, break information or be the first to say you brought something it up, or though. whatever. Normally no, when you bring well, up that saying, you talk to the coach about it, I, I thought we were going to get some info here. He's really high on both of the, the players as, uh, okay. as, as baseball prospects. How about that? I'll leave it there. There you go. Teddy really uh, spilling the beans on, <laughs> on what the baseball coach thinks about Nesta and Tatum. Thanks for that. Yeah, thanks. Um, no, I, 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 I could see Skip Johnson being an awesome recruiter, especially in a uh, one-on-one setting or a, uh, a visit setting because, I mean, he's a hilarious individual, and I'm going to guess that that carries over on the recruiting side of things as well. I mean, he's got a track oh, record, yeah. and he's got a resume, so that, that helps. But you throw in the personality, I, I, I think Skip probably does just fine. So what was the quote? I just heard you guys briefly. What was the quote about Kyler playing baseball at OU in Lincoln? I, what was that? Yeah, okay. So this is from a USC insider from Scott Schrader. He said this. Apparently, the OU baseball coach Skip Johnson has convinced Taylor Tatum He's had guys who played baseball and football and knows how to manage that schedule. In reality, it was Lincoln Riley who made it all work. Almost all the biggest challenges involved in playing both sports falls on the football side. Lincoln made it work with quarterbacks, too. Just a few notes passed my way. So it sounds like Scott was passed a note that says, hey, make sure and let everyone know that I was the reason it worked out for Kyla Murray, more so than it was Skip Johnson was the reason. That's such a stupid thing to do. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? I, uh, I'm pretty of aware. Course, yeah. <laughs> both, both coaches from each program have to work in unison to figure out where the player can attend and where he can't. To like step in and be like, actually, it was Lincoln <laughs> Riley that did it, and you're a USC guy. It just looks so pathetic. Oh, that's that is so lame. All right, quick timeout. Yeah, yeah. Tyler's hanging out at Sooner Station. I'm here at Westwood. We'll be back with our number two next. Sound off any time of day on the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line at 405-651-3439. Right here on the home of Sooner fans. The rest. Sports Radio Network.